Welcome to the Double Technical Podcast, everyone. Hope you had a fantastic week. We are back again to talk to you about all the sports and everything with our new show format. Hopefully everyone enjoyed it. Uh, didn't get as much feedback as uh, we like, guys. You got to step it up. But we did get uh, more reviews, and they were all five stars, so we appreciate that. Y'all listen to Michael. Um, so uh, with that being said, obviously I am joined by my two esteemed co-hosts, uh, that is Brian Goins and Michael McCarty. Hello, fellas. You're darn right, esteemed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, what, what Brian said. <laughs> Anybody watch Game of Thrones, my lords? I did not watch Game of Thrones. I did not. I had not seen a single episode, and the fact that season eight was so disappointing, because uh, uh, it wasn't disappointing. Greatest show in the history of shows. I don't know about that. <laughs> That's a that's a hard take. That's a hard take right there. Actually, might, this might have to. I forgot you 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 follow that pretty closely, don't you, Michael? Game of Thrones. Yeah, like very closely. I'm 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 a little obsessed. Yes, me and... followed because it's over. <laughs> well, me. Well, there's still more books to come and spinoffs, so it, it'll keep go. going. Ashley and I just started watching it. We're almost done with season two, so nice. We're we're, we're trying to catch up now that you know all the talk is over. Um, yeah, I will say that, that the, the, uh, I, I will say that the thing that I keep seeing is the fact that they keep having Starbucks cups and water bottles pop up. <laughs> yes. I was seeing that all over Twitterverse. Look, that's very not good. The, the last season was a little bit it rushed. Happens. Um, and I mean, I don't know. Yes. The, <laughs> it was rushed in, as in like story. They did a lot in the episodes. But, I mean, they did film for a year and a half, so. <laughs> True. Well, apparently, whoever their editors are need to be reexamined. Um, I mean, I just, it, that's got to be the thirstiest cast ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, take your drink break somewhere else, man. Come on. You know, yeah. that, that's a great point. That, that That's something you're taught in even high school theater. Like, don't bring the stuff onto the stage. Leave it and backstage. That's the difference between, yeah, it's the difference between season one of a successful show and season eight. Season one, they'd all do what they're told. Season eight, they're like, I'm not getting up. Bring me a bottle of water. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean. And my $500,000 like episode I will say the, the, the one positive I feel like that's going to come out of this is that, uh, is that I feel like HBO is going to care about how their finales of their next shows go? Because I feel like it was just universal backlash on it's how it's not. I was about to say, Michael, let 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 the audience hear without you know giving it away. Just what is your opinion? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? Because I see a lot of dislike, but I want to know your opinion. Yeah, no, I, it's uh, it was very good. It uh, it left some things open, but I understand why it did that. Um, it was it was a great end of the story. P- I, I think too many people went into this season ready to hate it, mm. and I just think people are sad it's over, so they're going to hate no matter what, no matter what happens. But I, I know a ton of people who really enjoyed the ending. I, I, I just I I think the loud internet people, which are probably not the most fun people to be in a room with, <laughs> that's fair, are that's fair. the ones that are complaining about it. So. That's very fair. The do internet you, t- tends to have a cesspool. Of do you think that it was rushed because they didn't do 10 episodes a season? They squeezed it into six? Well, I think it was rushed in the sense that they they could have easily had another four seasons. Mm. 
but the creators of or the uh, you know the writers of the show, the actors, no one wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Maybe you always HBO just wants that sweet, sweet show. spinoff money. Well, when you create a show that has an entire cast of like unknown actors, and it's as successful as this, they all want to go off and do their own thing now. Mm-hmm. They don't want to continue to do this for another four or five years. Well, do you think kind of what hurt it too is the fact that it took two years to do this last season? Yeah, a little bit. I, I think that did hurt it a little bit, but I mean, I, like I said, I loved it, and I, I'm just a happy person, <laughs> and I just wanted to be happy because I enjoy it, and I think that's where you ran into a lot of people having problems with it. Oh. They like to criticize and find flaws in it. Uh, like, seriously, because there was a cough cup on the set did not ruin a show for me uh my favorite thing that came across with the coffee was the uh having her name wrote all out or all of her names taking up the entire starbucks cup that means that's pretty funny (laughs) that that is very funny yes that is very funny Mm -hmm. um so just to divert this conversation uh to the sports world (laughs) because it's a sports podcast yeah Uh, did anybody watch first take today no i was working uh, Magic Johnson destroyed the Lakers. What? Um, yeah. Magic Johnson went off on the Lakers. And I have, so, okay. I'm going to pull up. This is a list of quotes that I've gotten from Harrison Fagan, who's a, has a analyst on Twitter. This is just a couple of things that Magic Johnson said about the Lakers. Uh, Magic Johnson said that part of the reason he left was that Rob Polinka was saying things behind his back, Rob Polinka, the GM of the Lakers, implying that Magic isn't working hard enough. Um, when asked to specify about it, uh, he, he said it was just Rob Polinka. He said that Tim Harris was one of the people stopping him from firing Luke Walton um, because Magic Johnson wanted to fire Luke Walton. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said multiple agents called him when he got the job and that Polinka was brought in with him uh, to tell him that he needed to watch out for Rob Palenka, so he was warned about this guy. Uh, Magic said that he never tried to fire him. He just wanted to bring in his own coach. He said at the time he hadn't decided what coach he wanted, but he said he recently wanted Tyron Lou because he thought it would be a great fit. Um, he said Palenka just wanted to elevate himself. Um, he said that uh, he likes Kurt Rambis. Um, yeah, he said Kobe Bryant needs to be more involved. Basically, he just he, he took... Uh, he took Rob Palenka apart and just destroyed that organization, like, front to back. Well, we all knew that it was because of the Rob Lowe lookalike. <laughs> um, Any mention of LeBron's bad breath? No. <laughs> oh, but wow. The, but I will say that, that I feel like that's probably going to be, like, next week's first take appearance for Magic Johnson. But, like, he, <laughs> No, um, that'll be one of his famous Twitter posts. Do you see how bad his Twitter posts are? Oh, he basically just like get, puts newspaper headlines on his Twitter. <laughs> exactly, and that was part <laughs> of his reasoning why he wanted to quit was so he could go back to tweeting. Yeah, and he didn't want to. He didn't want to get tampering charges or whatever. Well, maybe he's just out of practice. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but like, he said that if Jeannie Buss decides to sell, um, he'll be knocking on her door. So he he's in the interest to buy the Lakers. Ooh. She won't let that happen. No, I don't know. Jeannie Bus, Jeannie Bus, pretty much like scorched earth policy that front office, and 
she's she's the queen of trying to avoid PR nightmare. And Ramona Shelburne even came out and had some bad PR on Genie Bus. And Ramona Shelburne is like Queen Laker as far as the media goes. True. Who wins the title first or next? The Lakers or the Pelicans? The Pel- Pelicans. Pelicans. Even though the Pelicans are a really trash-run organization, I feel like the Lakers are even that much worse run, especially without Magic Johnson. Hmm. Well, my, I mean, my hot take is I think that this free agency, they end up with zero max contract players. The Lakers, I wouldn't is. be surprised. The, the, the most, my most likely scenario is actually Kyrie Irving. See, I really think he's going to go to the Knicks. I wouldn't be surprised, but also, again, my two guys, I still think that there is a possibility that Kawhi wants to go there, mm-hmm. but mm. Kyrie Irving is my is my top one. Well, what a what a random way to start off the show, guys. We haven't even like yeah, for sure. said <laughs> we have GOT talk, and we have we have, we have uh, Matt. my favorite thing about my favorite thing about Magic though is that he's still at the very end of the episode. Goes, I'm still a Laker for life. I still love him. I still love Genie. I still am pulling for him. But uh, big middle fingers to Rob Palinka is basically what he said. <laughs> yes. So before we dive into our actual show format, <laughs> um, I there's something that I have to share with you guys that I think you will find hilarious. Um, today okay. in my new job position with uh, XYZ Company, um, I uh, was told that I am a very positive guy and have a great outlook on things. That's probably the worst take I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Well, I know what you weren't talking about at work, and that was Kentucky sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like saying that's like saying LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. That's like just false. It's not it's bad but take. <laughs> it, I, I just when he said that in my mind, I was like, uh, I know two people who would just <laughs> disagree. Very you should, much. you should have been like, hey, I got this great podcast you could check out. Oh yeah. no, he he knows about it. He knows about it. Uh, Four or five episodes back, just take a listen and see how positive I really am. <laughs> yeah, it's like, man, how negative was the guy before you? Yeah, oh, for real. Well, <laughs> well, we we still haven't even discussed something later in the show that I'm going to have a very negative take on, which everyone is going to oh, love. No. There so, we go. Yeah. yeah. So Lucas is a yeah. So this yeah. is basically just a preview of what's <laughs> to come. Lucas is very optimistic outlook on the basketball season. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Let, let let's uh let's now that we're eleven minutes into the show, let's start the new show format. So uh, all right, this show is brought to you by Seeky. Go to SeekGeek.com, download the Seeky app, and use code Double Tentacle for twenty dollars off your first ticket purchase. And then at the uh, beginning of the episode, you probably heard our new sponsor. Uh, it's new slash old it is anchor the website that we use but they have offered us the ability now to where if you download the anchor app you can leave us voice messages uh text messages for us to respond to plug into the show and really give you guys the ability to uh you know join in give your opinion ask questions for us to debate uh and just carry on about whether it's game of thrones or sports you know anything in between (laughs) uh we're we're willing to apparently talk on the air about this now so uh just give that a check out again it's anchor voice message system uh try it we'd love to be able to plug you in and use it on the show so, Brian, what is your 
weekly breakdown about everything that happened from last Tuesday and everything in between. Right now, the hot thing is the NBA. Um, right now, the, the Warriors are being the Warriors against the Blazers, which we all expected. Um, but even more so, it feels like um, I did see an, an interesting thing today. Somebody said that Kevin Durant's worst nightmare is happening. The Warriors are playing better than they ever have, and they don't have him on there. They think that this is tainting his two rings. Uh, and Kevin Durant had, had the... Uh, <laughs> Kevin Durant had had the uh, nice uh, wherewithal to respond and say, "My worst nightmare. I feel like there's a lot worse things." Yeah, basically yeah. getting a third ring by sitting. <laughs> he could wake up tomorrow and be on the Lakers roster. <laughs> <laughs> that would be yeah. Sad. A lot worse things could be going on right yeah. now. Um, so yeah, the Warriors are being the Warriors. Um, there's a three zero with the potential to sweep. Uh, obviously, we'll know that by the time this episode drops. Um, but uh, on the other side of things, the conference finals, we have uh, we have the Milwaukee Bucks playing against the Toronto Raptors, and the Toronto Raptors, I think, finally flipped the switch when they got into their home court. Um, they came away with a two overtime win that was an absolute thriller of a game. Two overtimes uh, it took to win. Uh, Giannis Kumpo played a lackluster game, in my opinion. Um, he had eight turnovers, twelve points, but. Grabbed an astounding twenty-three rebounds. Um, he fouled out, okay. which I think is what changed the game, though. When he fouled out, well, it's it's no surprise that he fouled out because they called, and I this is legitimate. They they called sixty fouls in that game. That's more wow. than a foul a minute in a two overtime game. That's more wow. than a foul a minute. Holy crap! So <laughs> they yeah. borrow SEC reps. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't. I, it was. It was a lot. And the, the. I mean. And you could say that in the NBA, if they had, you know, if if they had really called every foul, that there'd be twice as many. But sixty fouls in a game is a lot. That's a lot. Um, in a game that doesn't move very fast as it is, you know. So, I. It, it was a little frustrating of a game to watch, kind of in the thick of things. Obviously, when we got close to the overtime, um, you know that it was that was just a thrilling, just thing of that was this thrilling set of basketball um even toronto pulling out the win basically on the back of Kawhi leonard and and uh pascal siakam and then uh is it uh Powell, yeah powell put up 19 he had a good game but uh they're getting hindered by the fact that they already had their one kyle lowry game and it got wasted on a loss and uh yeah fred van vliet and danny green are the bane of a shooter's existence fred van vliet went one for 12 danny green went one for nine which is that's really bad. Yeah, it's uh, not good. And uh, they still were able to pull out the win, though. Um, I think that that might have been the best game they're going to have a shot of winning. I still think Milwaukee's going to run away. But that's, in t- yeah. In terms yeah, of Milwaukee's uh, games, Milwaukee though, Brian, you know it's never good when you click on the uh, ESPN app and the leading scorer is George Hill. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> I was like, over the hill. Oh, oh, like it. That's not good. <laughs> Anything yeah. else? Well, and this weird. This has been the weirdest series. This uh-huh. has been the weirdest series for Milwaukee because I felt like in the games that they won, well, they had they had a game where Brooke Lopez of all people went off. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and then that same game, uh, Nikola Mirotic, who was the bane of my existence in Chicago. Uh, <laughs> somehow decided he wanted to play physical basketball, which is completely uncharacteristic of him. 
So that's like that's like Scalabissieri becoming a physical center. It's just <laughs> not not a real thing. Uh, um, so this has just been a strange, strange series. Um, I, I don't know. I if 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 it keeps going at this rate, though, I think I think Milwaukee's going to run away with it. Yeah, I, I think the key there is it took them two overtimes to win at home. Yeah, with I mean, Giannis and it's, it's, scoring twelve points. Yeah, right. Exactly. Giannis had a bad game, and Toronto needed two overtimes to beat him. Yeah. Um, quick update on the uh, on Portland Golden State game: fifty three forty eight to Portland. Well, so we know maybe how that this usually becomes goes. a gentleman's sweep. <laughs> now, right. the, nothing gentlemen about. Uh, the the way the Warriors are playing right now, they just they keep <laughs> right. It, it, they they just give them enough to make them think maybe this is going to be the game we win. And then <laughs> at five minutes in, uh, left in the fourth quarter, they're like, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I will say it was kind of exciting seeing both the Curry brothers uh, shoot three pointers in game two. Um, that was a lot <laughs> of fun, but game three was. <laughs> Just all Steph Curry exploding and being Steph Curry. Um, yeah, I think Game Two would have been better if Del Curry came out there and hit one as well. <laughs> they need to sign him to a one-day contract because you know how teams love to sign one-day contracts. Who who out of the two teams would be willing to sign him to a one-day contract? Do you think Portland? Portland, they probably need him more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I don't have anybody else who can shoot threes besides CJ McCollum, and and uh, he's streaky, and Damian Lillard, and he's one guy. True, true. That can um, we talk about that real quick with the fact of how in the first series Damian was just so high, and it's like the pat the next two series he's gone down each time. What happened there? I mean, you can only put the team on your back so many times. Yeah, yeah, but like. He's still not even putting up normal numbers. Yeah, I mean, it's just probably fatigue, to be honest with you. I mean, Damian Lillard's been playing a fantastic season. Um, yeah, I just don't think. I mean, he's. I don't. I don't think Damian Lillard's ever really been the guy to carry you to a championship, anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. which is a shame to say because I think he's a terrific basketball player. But I just think he's getting outmatched at this point. I, th- I just think people know how to defend him. At the, you know. He's not necessarily the most. Not even to say he's not dynamic, but he's not the most dynamic guy. You can only do so much when you're a what six foot two point guard. Mm-hmm. So, it's you know when you figure out all the dimensions of a player's game, he's not going to be able to you know go off that much like he was in the beginning of the. And also, his talent level he's facing now is superb versus what it was in the beginning of the playoffs. It's going to so, be interesting. That's my take on that. To say the least. Anything else in your weekly breakdown, sir? Um, Big Ben says he went too far in criticizing Antonio Brown. You, he didn't go have far. We talked, have we talked draft lottery? We haven't, no. actually. No, we didn't. Oh, right. Geez, How did we miss the Pelicans this? Pelicans have the first pick. <laughs> uh, well, I feel like the there might be a news. big story. I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like that might be a big story. That's a pretty big story. The we just all have, like, forgot. <laughs> well, it was weird because it was, like, this big news, and then I feel like playoff talk kind of took over again. Yeah. Which is what I don't like about the timing of the draft lottery. But Well, I love that ESPN was trying to put out articles that Zion should come back. 
to do it. Yeah, I, that was a me. Well, that was like because, I love that. Did you see though the video of his reaction? That's what they were playing off of. Uh, like, well, I mean, yeah. To be fair, everyone knew he was gonna be disappointed, but <laughs> <laughs> you gotta think that the GM there is going to try to sell Davis on a okay. You said you wanted help. We got you the guy that's saying the next generation of the sport. Can we yeah, talk about I, I Griffin just... being the luckiest GM ever? Yeah. Oh, of all time. That that's unbelievable. I don't even what were their odds again? I can't even five percent remember. Yeah. The like all you gotta do is go out and get one free agent, which they're actually a market for free agents now. Mm-hmm. There's a huge market for free agents, which is crazy. So you get one free agent, you draft Zion Williamson. That's and they already have Drew convincing. Holiday. And I mean, you can even tell Davis, you're like, "Hey, give us half a season. If you're yeah. miserable, we'll trade you." Yeah, and I mean, I I feel like any I feel like a player can be bought on that anymore. Yeah. If they uh, go out and get a solid point guard, they become one of the top three or four teams in the west yeah yeah that's that's fair i mean yeah one guy it it literally takes i think it honestly it would either take it would probably just take a a really 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 good like shooter on you know at the two or the or the wing and then you have a good shooter he they need a facilitator or maybe a ball distributor yeah that's what they need is a distributor either way there but Drew, but I mean, Drew isn't a bad. He's not a bad uh, passer. He's a pretty good point guard overall, as far as a pure point guard goes. He just scores more, you know, a little they, bit more than most. But they run him at the two. That's that's the issue. Yeah, true. So yeah, that's true. They they really don't need a, it, any care for a small forward because they have Zion and AD. So yeah, yeah, but I mean, maybe they convince Boogie to come back. I mean, it's on the table for it. Somebody's gonna have to take a chance with Boogie. If anybody yeah. would imagine it, that lineup, so I don't know Boogie at the five, AD at the four, and Zion at the three. Oh, the yeah. The other thing is, I, I, do you, do you think Zion is can play small forward in the NBA? I don't think so. Yeah, you think so? I, I think I, he's more of a power forward. Yeah. What? I like what part of his play do you think will not translate to small forward? Small forward is no longer is. attacking like it used to be. You you have to be able to stretch the floor, and he can't do that as well as his other strengths. Maybe not on the offensive end, but on the defensive end he can, for sure. He's oh, quick enough to play defense, for yeah. sure, but I, I just think he, on the offensive side, he's he's more physical, he's more, he's more of a post-up guy. Which is why it's super important to get a point guard that can shoot well. True. Yeah. He he's true. LeBron James when he entered the league, a decent shooter, but he relied on his physical prowess to be able to do what he does. Maybe that'll come with time though, and he'll just develop it. If he develops the three point shot, he'll be the best player in the league by year six. Yeah, without a doubt. If he develops a really good three point shot, there's nobody who's going to stop him. That's just that's fact. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. Or, or um, guys, he let, will have a couple. Like there will be a couple more guys in the NBA that are willing to stand there and take a charge, though. Because I mean, it, he started to jump in college, and people dove under chairs. <laughs> yeah, out of his way. Yeah, essentially, 
Yeah. I mean, he what is about, scary so, coming at you. <laughs> what about John Morant? Uh, John Morant going to the Grizzlies, which is pretty much a foregone conclusion. Uh, yeah, that's a shame. It was nice knowing him. I think uh, that that's a good thing, though. I think... Uh, no, the Grizzlies are dead, man. I know they are right now, but I think that he'll be able... Uh, I think they can cultivate something out of him. He's a great piece to yeah. start the building process like they planned on doing this draft. You can't build around you, – you just you just can't build around a rookie in the NBA, though. You just can't. Well, not – You need somebody – you need an established veteran. You're not establishing around and, him now. You're establishing around him for the next four or five years. And he's set, he set up to take over Mike Conley's spot, but you can't build around Mike Conley. Um, they don't have Marcus Saul anymore. I mean, it's they don't have pieces, and it's just a broken puzzle that you're inserting a guy who, who while he has a very dynamic game, he's a very excellent, he's a very ridiculous passer. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. um, he's he's very one dimensional, and he's, <laughs> that's just the wrong roster for a one dimensional player to play on. Well, I, I, I mean, here's my ESPN headline <laughs> of the Memphis Grizzlies, uh-huh. and it you know. John Morant will show us if the Grizzlies are truly dead or just hibernating. <laughs> there you go. That's that my ESPN headline for is you. amazing. ESPN hire him right now. Um, That's terrific. No, so, I mean, I, re- I really think it's, it's if if he were on a, if he even if he were on a team even if you're on a team like the Pelicans where you can zip it to Mike Conley and he can score, you can zip it to Anthony Davis down low and they can get like if he had pure scores that could score at will that he could distribute the ball to, it would be a great way. You to make it out like Ja can't player. score. He's a great scorer and very sure. athletic. Ja's a great scorer, but is he an NBA-level scorer right now? I think so. I don't know. I think he can have a similar impact of, like, John Wall. Yeah, indeed. Absolutely. But, like, when Wall first came into the league. Mm-hmm. But, again, he played an entire season of Ohio Valley Conference basketball and then balled out in the tournament, and that's the only – upper level talent that we've seen him play against yeah yeah but so I, we don't really know if he can compete at that level consistently because i mean the moment that he if he has a bad string of games that could wreck his confidence for his entire career. yeah but there's also a difference between i, I realize what you're saying for him not being in like the top conference but mm-hmm. you know neither was curry and True. he dominated his conference the same way morant did mm-hmm. absolutely but again you have you have one guy who dominated that conference and, and turned out to be elite, but how many others dominated in their conferences in college and, and failed? Well, I think... I don't think to the level that they did. Yeah, Ja yeah. just was... Ha- I watched him play in person, <laughs> and they're just... The game came down to close, and it's not like the... OVC's not... I mean, they almost had three teams make it into the tournament. I'm not saying the OVC is trash, but... And, yeah, I know, I'm just saying. I watched him play against other NCAA tournament teams mm. and it came down to the end and he was just like it doesn't matter what you do I'm gonna score and he did it time after time after time I just wish that I just wish he would have gotten in a better position ja, I mean honestly I wish the Pelicans would have got the second pick. so Ja in my opinion is basically like Damian Lillard just and CJ McCollum someone who is very talented that just happened to get overlooked and is going to be successful yeah. In the NBA. He I certainly hope so because I love him as a basketball player. I just you know, 
hope that he doesn't I hope the fact that he's on a, a franchise that I don't think is really going anywhere as it stands and hasn't been going anywhere for a long time. So I just uh, hope that doesn't ruin him as a basketball player. Continuing the lottery talk, I have winner and loser uh real quick that I want us to discuss. Winners, can we talk about small markets? Since the fact that the top two picks are going to small market teams, I mean, yeah, that is great for the NBA yeah. because it's going to bring attention now to those smaller markets. Yeah, no, that's valid. I mean, yeah, New, New Orleans is obviously a hands down winner. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. New Orleans is going to win the draft 100%. But, um, I mean, I honestly, there's only two, three really large market teams. That are that are in the top ten, regardless. I mean, I guess you count Atlanta. Yeah. But Atlanta, <laughs> as far as the sports market, isn't nearly as large as your New York, as your Chicago's, and as your Los Angeles's. Well, and that brings me so. to my losers, uh, the Knicks. I mean, can we talk about how yeah. they thought it was like a foregone conclusion that they were going to get the number one pick, even though they had an eighty-six percent chance that it was not going to be their pick, and yet they still assumed that it was going to happen, and how devastated they were. I mean, I almost feel a little bit bad for him because Zion in New York is a perfect fit. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I mean, R.J. Barrett would rather play in a large market, and he'll he'll definitely uh he'll definitely I think take that in because I think take... he even said he prefers a large market. Well. For, it's just it's just so funny watching Stephen A. Smith go on TV just all depressed about it. Um, can <laughs> if you're the Knicks though, and this is something that I've been like thinking about, is RJ the right pick or is it Cam Reddish? Uh, I think RJ is a better pick than Cam Reddish. Yeah, I think RJ is a better player. Yeah, but see, I don't, I don't a think, lot of think, people are down on Reddish him. Is built for the NBA. RJ did not play up to the level remember going into duke rj was supposed to be the better player than zion and yeah but i mean he averaged 22.6 points a game that's a lot of points and cam wasn't too far behind even with injuries well okay here's the here's the issue though and i think this is actually going to be obviously the one and done is on life support so that's Mm -hmm. going away soon but I, i think the duke you know, experiment of getting the top three players in the class. I don't think that'll happen again. No, I don't think so. Because I don't think the number one and the number two player are going to go on the same team again, because obviously it made it clear and obvious who the better player was. Yeah. You could argue that one was better than the other. Yeah. And I mean, put RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish on really even any other ACC team. And you're yeah. talking about the fact that they have to play against each other. And I feel like that that lends itself to even a, a, a more hot topic of discussion rather than having them all on the same team and realizing, oh, Zion Williamson is miles above both of these guys. Yeah. Um, but I think out of between RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish, I don't even, I, I don't even have Cam Reddish in the top five. I, I think Cam Reddish has fallen. I think RJ Barrett is, I think RJ Barrett is a better fit for, because I think New York wants scores. Um, if Kyrie goes there, and now this is this is a scenario going in my head. If Kyrie and Kevin Durant go there, and RJ Barrett, they draft RJ Barrett. Uh, they're going to score about 135 points a game, <laughs> but they're also going to give up, I think, 156. Well, Jeez. and I guarantee you too, they're also going to end up with Randall. 
Yeah, Ooh. true. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't. I haven't heard that take. Because so they're not going to keep Davis and Randall. Yeah, they won't. Well, now that I mean that makes them an interesting play for Anthony Davis. Um, if they can get, if they can land either Kyrie or Kevin Durant and draft RJ Barrett, they make a case for him. See, I don't know. I don't know if I think that's like the one player. I don't know if you can play Durant and Davis together. That's true. I mean. Yeah, I I don't know. I think at the end of the day, though, if you if you if you run Durant exactly as you run in Golden State, where he doesn't necessarily have to take over every game, but when he does, they win. <laughs> I think it can work. <laughs> I think that would I mean, work like, anywhere. <laughs> in theory, you could play Durant at your three. Yeah, and let Davis play your four. Let Davis play the four. Durant is the three. R.J. Barrett at the two even though he's technically a small forward. But, I mean, you're a small forward that can play a shooting guard. Yeah. And, I mean, you have Kyrie at the one. We're, we're forgetting That's a pretty good lineup. Too. That's a pretty good lineup. That's a lot of points is what that is. That's a whole lot of points. It's going to be interesting, to say the least. But I still think Kyrie's a team destroyer, and I think he'd find a way to rip that team apart, too. True. Which is Very why true. he's going to go to L.A. so that – LeBron and Kyrie can just destroy LA together. Is that the ultimate sabotage? Is Kyrie's going to go to the Lakers to ensure that LeBron wins nothing? Yeah, it's going to be kind of like the Patino effect. He's <laughs> going to become the greatest Boston Celtic ever. <laughs> yeah, just Mine's like only yeah, there yeah. destroying the Lakers from within. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but at the same time, the only time that I feel like Kyrie Irving worked in the playoffs was with LeBron James. No, that's valid. It's going to be interesting because you know, they didn't work by himself with the Cavs. Yeah, it, we'll, so, we'll have to wait and see. Ultimately, what happens? Free agency this summer is going know. to I be just don't, insane. I, I just don't think. I just don't. I don't know how likely it is Kyrie actually goes to Los Angeles. I think New York's a better. I think New York makes more sense for him. Anything else in your weekly breakdown, sir? No, I think that's it. All right. Other than Portland, just lost this game. What? Oh, Portland had a. Was it 12 or 14 point lead with two minutes left in the first half? And now it's down to four at <laughs> halftime. So this is what I'm talking about, man. The Warriors just like to give them hope <laughs> and then just snatch uh, it. Yeah. So here's an interesting story currently going on with the game. Uh, Myers Leonard has, has the exact amount. He has 25 points right now. Myers Leonard does. Holy he has crap. gone off in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is an interesting thing about Myers Leonard. He's been a, he's been a blazer his entire career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's in like year six or year seven. He's like a he's like a Portland homie, and so they're going crazy probably right now. Yeah, you, you know, to, cool. to jump back real quick about with the Davis thing because I've even been thinking more about that with all the bad press Anthony Davis has gotten over the whole like trade debacle. He's gonna have a hell of a year next year, even if they can oh, sell him so. on. Play half a year for us. If you're not happy, we'll trade you. He's gonna have a hell of a half a year there. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, because I, I think he's got to rebuild that reputation now. He needs to be. Yeah, he needs. He needs motivation to be Anthony Davis again. And I think this has been, this has been a a, a trip to do so. Yeah, but I just we just don't know where it's gonna be. Here's a quick question uh, regarding the draft again. Where do you have the Kentucky guys going? 
Hmm. Yeah, I'll be honest. I have not broken down each team well hmm. enough to pick that. Um, I, I think I think I could maybe better go order. I think if I was obviously specific needs of teams will pass this up. Sure. But if I was a team, I would take PJ Washington first. Oh, 100%. because Absolutely. I, I think he can be that. I mean, he might only score you eight to twelve points, but he could definitely get you easily. 10 rebounds and you know maybe even like up to seven or eight assists again he'll be that guy that does all the extra things yeah absolutely yeah they're oh, saying the rockets second? are going to try to pick him up because they need that sort of depth on their bench yeah so i, I, I would uh, go him first and then i would go hero second yeah i would go hero second i i, I think pj washington will work in boston if they lose marcus morris Ooh, yeah. that'd be a good place to fit in. I think that would be a good place for him. Um, I think Tyler Hero works perfect uh, in, uh, actually, where I'm at, in Indiana. See, I was thinking uh, Atlanta for mm. for Hero. See, the reason I think Indiana is because he, he'll be playing with Victor Oladipo, who is pretty much their only, I mean, he's he's the playmaker for them, so it, I, I feel like that gives him some freedom to, to become a dangerous scorer, to create lots well, of What does Oladipo play, though? Is it Oladipo at two? Oladipo is Oladipo is a two, but you can put Oladipo at the one. Oladipo True. can play the okay. one well. Yeah, he he dribbles um, the ball up anyway, so yeah, he's pretty much okay. a one. Yeah, um, I mean that would work good though, especially with uh, Bogdanovich starting to you know come out with Victor being hurt. Right, Miles and Turner they're down. Lose, they're they're going to lose Wesley Matthews, who's a who's a scorer, and they're going to lose. And I mean, Tyreek Evans got disqualified for two years from the NBA, so still can't believe yeah. that. I think that that works um, really well. Yeah, they might. Um, I don't know where Kelton could go. Kelton could go. Kelton could go to the Thunder. Um, Kelton would make sense at the Thunder. Um, I'm worried about Kelton. I don't. I I don't know if he's ready. I think Keldon might be another one of these one contract and done players. Yeah, I mean, his his biggest virtue is perimeter defense. I think in a league that doesn't yeah. play defense, I think that's his biggest thing is perimeter defense. He can he can shoot, kinda, but I don't know. If I it's mean, NBA look level. at Diallo. I, wait, he I don't think his best qualities is perimeter defense. No, not not after the tournament. Well, I mean, did not after the after the season. True. He should. It's all there on paper. He has the skill set. It didn't. It didn't happen at UK. Like he should have been a superstar, mm-hmm. and it did not happen. He can still come and, back, guys. <laughs> no, no, he can't. I don't think. Honestly, he might. He might I, ride I think the pine, and he might ride the pine. The role play for at least his first two years, anyway. But that's what I'm saying. If you do that, then I think you get lost on the bench. True. Hmm. And that's happened to far too many players, especially. I mean, we've seen plenty of Kentucky players. We've seen plenty of Kentucky players come through and and make it. Um, Darius. Miller I see being him being like well, uh, Deron Lamb, or if that was that his name, Marquise yeah. Teague. <laughs> like I don't even think Lamb got a contract. No, Lamb did didn't. with the Celtics. Oh, he did. Yeah, I didn't know that. He he. You sure you're not thinking of Young? No, Trey was, Young. Trey was... Young got drafted. And he didn't he start for the Celtics? No, La- Lamb. Or not Trey Young. Uh, James Young. 
Yeah. Maybe I am thinking of Young now that you say that. Yeah, because yeah, Young went to the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah, drafted. Yeah. But then he never did anything. No, he couldn't find his way on the court. Yeah. Consistently, at least. And I and I think and Calipari made comments about there being, like he hinted at that there was a player that didn't have the maturity to go pro yet that he was going to suggest maybe come back. And I think that person's Kelton. Yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, it makes and honestly, it makes the most sense out of the three of them. Yeah, because if you look at that, like Tyler Hero could shoot the ball, but not do anything else at the beginning of the season. At the yeah. end of the season, he was doing everything. Right. Like, that's right. development, growth, maturity. And well, PJ's PJ, so it's got to yeah, be PJ was, the, PJ was the unquestioned team leader, especially come yeah. tournament time, so he's not going to say that about PJ. So well, it, it has to be Kelvin. We're, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but, you know, just kind of more f- fuel to my fire on how we don't even have top players in the conversation of the lottery because our uh, we're not recruiting as good and things like that. But <laughs> – Um, Oh, Lucas. Lucas, Lucas, Lucas. You have a really great attitude. (laughs) Let's focus in on the local spotlight real quick, guys, even though we just covered some of it talking about UK. Um, Bengals reported to OTA today. Brian, excited? I'm very excited. Actually, uh, I just found out that they moved Cordy Glenn to left guard, which is something that desperately needed to happen. Oh, yeah. And he he also said that he's glad to do whatever helps the team succeed, so I like the attitude. And I think that means Williams is going to be the starting left tackle. Yes. As a rookie. He can do it. Which I think is, yeah. He didn't give up a sack for three years at Alabama. In the SEC with the best pass pass rushers in the league. I have faith. I'm staying positive about him. Also, some things, uh, thanks to Catherine Terrell, who is the ESPN insider for the Bengals. Uh, She was saying that watching the first OTAs, apparently uh, Zach Taylor's offense has a ton of pre-snap movements. Um, Which is important. Do you think that that's going to be a good thing for uh, this offense to be high-powered is having a lot of that movement? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, you know my opinion on Andy Dalton and his pre-snap reads. I think he's one of the best pre-snap read quarterbacks in the league. Um, and you need an offense that's that dynamic where he can he can make those adjustments on the fly before the play. He needs to know where the ball is going before the ball snapped. That's the kind of quarterback he is. And an offense with that kind of motion, an offense that's built around basically being three steps ahead of the defense is the kind of offense Andy Dalton needs to run. So I think that that is perfect because that's exactly what Jared Goff did. That's why the Rams were so darn good on offense was because Jared Goff knew the ball were, knew where the ball was going before the ball was snapped. And sure he had, you know, he had a, a tremendous triumvirate of receivers and a great tight end. Um, but overall, I mean, Jared Goff was turned into a great quarterback because of Sean McVay and Zach Taylor. And I think you know, he's going to do the same thing. You know a lot more about football than I do. I, I definitely agree with that. But wasn't that one of the most John Gruden sayings of all the time? The quarterback needs to know where the ball's going before he ice it? I mean, don't all quarterbacks need to know where the ball's going before the snap? No, but I mean. I feel like that's the key to their success. No, 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 no. That's not what that means. What I mean by that is, you know, there's every time a quarterback takes a snap for the pass, like to drop back to pass, they have to go through progression. And they're, that which means. A traditional dropback quarterback needs a, a three or needs usually a five or seven step drop, needs to go to his first, second, or third option, and oftentimes needs to make a decision to go to a second or third option. The kind of offense that Zach Taylor is doing means there needs to be one option. There needs to be one guy, there needs to be a setup to where there's a mismatch where the ball is going, 
um, that's unquestioned before the ball is snapped. And uh, oh, yourself up for interceptions by staring down your receiver. Well, you're not drop and pop. It's more. It's not necessarily. A, okay. Not, it, most most of your pass plays, the ball is going to be released within a second and a half top. Yeah. Okay. So that's the idea. Is is a quick, fast pace. That's the West Coast style offense that like they used to run with Joe Montana. That Steve running, Steve Young ended okay. up running in Los Angeles or in uh, in San Francisco. That's the kind of quarter. Like we're not. Yeah, we're definitely not talking about like the quarterback dropping back and 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 reading necessarily. That's the difference between pre-snap reads and post-snap reads. Okay, is for a pre-snap read, the quarterback will know. Okay, here's where the hole in the defense is going to be, versus the post-snap read says, "Oh, hey, there's where that hole is. I'm going to go adjust to that." Okay, gotcha. that's what that means. Yeah, <laughs> Andy Dalton not the best improvisational quarterback in the world. No, he's not Aaron Rodgers. Um, so right. Or Brett Favre. <laughs> Moving Aaron on. Aaron Rodgers was on Game of Thrones, by the way. Yes, he, he was. He was on Game of Thrones. I um, didn't know that. <laughs> the, uh, since we last talked to you all, the Reds uh, went 2-1 and one versus the Cubs and 1-2 and two versus the Dodgers. Um, yay. Uh, the, the thing, really, there's not too much else going on except for poor FC Cincinnati. Uh, tied 1-1 uh, on Sunday versus Orlando City at halftime and then lost 5-1. Um, that's a – that's a, Yeah. As Ron Burgundy would say, that escalated quickly. Um, <laughs> as, far as, the, as far as the Reds go, the Reds are uh, – the Reds' bats are starting to turn it on. They looked really good against the Cubs. Um, <laughs> Not so Cincinnati much versus the Dodgers, though. They didn't look terrible against the Dodgers. The Dodgers are just really good. The Dodgers are, are going to be another World Series team. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, poor FC Cincinnati is just getting bowled over by the talent of the MLS right now. They'll, they'll pick it up in the coming years, but this is just a rough start. All right, Brian, I'm going to ask you to do something without blowing out everyone's uh, headphones slash car speaker or wherever you listen to this. What? I'm going to ask you to scream like you said you were going to in the chat. No, I can't do that. <laughs> Why not? Because there's a sleeping baby in my house. Ah, see, that's that's excuses. <laughs> you said you were going to. I'm um, sorry. No, I did scream, but I screamed. Uh, I I wasn't going to scream on the podcast. I was just I just <laughs> screamed really loud in my lesson room today. I literally closed the door and I I screamed a lot of expletives of excitement. Will you explain to the audience I why you were screaming? Spent way too much of my time watching a video of a high school kid trying to make an announcement with technical difficulties. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing I got out of it. I don't even know who like, it is it was like, or what. I just know that there was bad technical difficulties. Apparently he was just, he's just wanting to go to college so that there can be, you know, someone who knows how to work a computer and a projector. <laughs> that is his goal right now. What's really funny is that kept happening. And I kept thinking, Oh no. That means we're not going to get him. That's a bad sign. I Lucas okay, the situation Lucas. there. <laughs> I, yeah. I just kept like watching and being like, "Why am I still watching this?" Like, it, it will be tweeted out by a million people as soon as they finally get everything worked out. And then I'd go to turn it off, and then I'd be like, "Well, maybe they'll fix it in a second. And they didn't fix it in a second. It took them yeah. a pretty long while. <laughs> so, who, both of you guys, because you know what you're talking about. I have no idea what this was. What, what happened? What's the? Why were we excited? Um, let me pull his name. Let me pull his name up real quick. Justin Rogers. Justin Rogers is uh, what? It, he's the number ten prospect. Yes. 
He's a five star. He's one of the he's one of the best linemen in the country. Mm-hmm. He's a yeah. the number ten. He's prospect. the number one the offensive highest, highest ranked offensive lineman. Yeah, and oh, he's wow. the number one. He's the best recruit Kentucky's ever gotten. And he's not from Kentucky. He's and never he, lived here. Yeah, he's never lived in Kentucky. He's not from Kentucky. What? Did he pick us over? Picked us over LSU. Uh, over Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama. Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. And, and Ohio State. Yeah. Mark Stoops. How much money did Stoops have to fork? I'm just kidding. Um, hey, you don't <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. They're, they're on a roll. Like, I, and I know this is just going to break my heart later, but I think Stoops has convinced his coaching staff, the Kentucky, you know, the athletic director, Mitch Barnhart, I think he is convinced himself that Kentucky to be a top tier SEC yeah. program. And I don't think he's planning mm-hmm. on leaving. I don't I, I think I think every time he gets a commitment like this, it makes it the list of jobs he will leave for shorter and shorter. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean and it's amazing what you can get out of a cotton bowl victory. That's what I look Oh at. yeah, it's huge. Yeah. That's what and I look there's, at. I mean let's be honest for a minute this guy's not going to sign for a long time. There is, I would still say probably a 50 to 60% chance. He decommits and commits to somebody else. That happens in football all the time. Yeah. It does. But the it fact that he initially committed to us is still unheard of for our school. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take this as a, as a really huge win. And I think it puts Kentucky in the national conversation a lot more than they've ever been put in before. Yeah, even even I, while I think it being once again the helps them get more living rooms than they were able to get into beforehand. Yes, so I'm hoping that you know this just snowballs, you know. And yeah, and I think what what's been happening is I think Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State for so long have been running to Florida and Texas and California, thinking they have to get those players to win, and they've been ignoring the talent they have at home. And now Kentucky has convinced these guys in Ohio and Michigan. You want to play in the SEC? We're the most northern SEC school. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. That's honestly, that's I think that's that's probably the best take I've I've heard on on that entire scenario. Is that I mean they still do that. I mean I, I mean all of those all of the yeah, I, I would say like the big five is what I would call it. We call it your Alabama, your Georgia, your Michigan, your Michigan State, and your Ohio State. Um, that's that they're I mean I think the only one really diving to California is Alabama. I think the rest of them are, are trying to usurp all the Texas and Florida talent and yeah. some of the Texas and Florida talent are still going to the big Texas schools. So yeah, I mean yeah, it is and, and Kentucky has become a football like we're not producing the basketball players we once did. Now we're producing football players. Right. And, and I mean not and just, necessarily at a continuous five star level or anything, but even our three stars are better than what a three-star Kentucky player was 10, 15 years ago. Well, I think having Josh Allen uh, and Benny Snell being semi-high profile in this draft was a, was a big step. Yeah. I think, that was, I think beating Penn State on a national level was huge. Yes. True. Beating Penn State on a national level was huge. And, I, again, playing in, a, playing in a bowl like the Cotton Bowl. And um, I love it because they're still picking us to finish near the bottom of the SEC. Let's oh, yeah. bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. I mean, that's good. That's, I feel like it's going to happen until Kentucky wins the SEC, whenever that may be. All right. So that's pretty much everything in local spotlight that I wanted to cover. Um, 
now we're going to dive into usually like three deep dives. But in all honesty, guys, we kind of covered the conference finals. Okay. We, yeah. we talked about the upcoming NBA offseason. Um, I mean, unless anybody has anything to add, I think we should really dive into my Memphis take. I would love to hear your Memphis take. All right, Lucas, let's hear it. Because <laughs> you're about to lose us a bunch of listeners. What? How? <laughs> I, no, don't worry. I'll I'll talk them all back. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. You, you apologize for me. Just <laughs> forgive him. He's senile. So, Absolutely. All right. Here's my thing, y'all. I've I've been speaking this truth for quite some time, um, and that is that I think John. Calipari, Calipari, however you say it, um, is losing his mojo. And here we signed him to a lifetime deal while he is starting to progressively get worse at what landed him the job in the first place, and that is recruiting. We have not had the top-ranked recruiting class in... For a whole week. (laughs) I'm talking about... (laughs) At the final of the year for like the past four years, okay? And it's frustrating me that a small team like Memphis, okay, has the number one recruiting class with Boogie Ellis, who's ranked 38th, Lester Quinones, who is 81st, DJ Jeffries, who's 25th, uh, Precious uh, Akua? Achua. 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 Bless you. Bless you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ranked 17th in uh, James Wiseman, who is ranked number one. They have the number one recruiting class. Duke has the number two. Uh, I think. No. No? Did they change Duke no. as well? Kentucky's got two. Kentucky moved up to number one mm-hmm. when we got our most recent commitment. Mm-hmm. And then now Memphis got this one and jumped us, and we're not done. Uh, well, we're probably right. going to go below Duke and Arizona, at least from some of the people that I've been looking at. Um, so get off the Duke and Arizona message board. <laughs> so yeah. I yep. think Cal is losing his touch. And I think that if this Memphis squad wins a championship, it proves that he also is no longer a good coach in college basketball as uh, Penny Hardaway would be able to do more than he could with even, I would say even a little bit less talent as John's had better squads than this number one ranked class in you know in the past when he was still decent at recruiting. You're okay. an idiot. All right, yeah. <laughs> no, we'll start with that, and then we'll jump into <laughs> your spare so parts. Coach K. But... Coach K should also get fired too, right? He's lost it. Penny, Penny beating. Penny, Penny recruited yes. him. It's over. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, yeah. I think Coach K actually needs to be looked at because he's also been losing with a lot just like cal has wow okay yeah you're just a miserable <laughs> so, the, okay who were the first two commit math class i don't know okay there's dj jeffries uh-huh. and wiseman yes now just out of curiosity now that Penny Hardaway is the best recruiter in the history of college basketball, I, I, that is, is there not, any connection that he's maybe had to <laughs> both of those recruits? First off, that is not what I said at all. Uh, don't, don't put words in my mouth. Well, you my put Lord. him above Cal and don't, Coach K. So. Uh, no, I'm just saying if he does, 
if he succeeds with what he's got being as small town of a coach as he is, you know, he's never coached at the collegiate level until this past year. Like if he is able to do it, then I am suspect of and suspicious of why these coaches like coach Cal, like coach K who can't do it. Like they've lost their touch. He's Penny Hardaway. Okay. There's two players that he got in this class. Yes. Were those two, which are both from Memphis and played on his AAU team. I know. Yes. And in fact, in fact, both of those players, one of them was even committed to Kentucky and decommitted. Wiseman was coming to Kentucky Except Penny took that job. Yes. That is a personal connection. There's nothing you can do about that. There is no coach in the history of basketball that can still convince that guy to go. That's bad luck for Kentucky. Now, they had those two guys, and those two guys were able to convince a couple others to come and join them. You're talking about how you think Calipari and Coach K are struggling because they're not winning with these elite freshman recruits that they're getting. Mm -hmm. Why do you think they're having trouble? It's not easy to do. Penny is not going to be able to do it next year. There's even question marks coming out about how good Wiseman really is. Mm -hmm. And that is not going to be a team. Yeah, they'll make the tournament because they play in a non-competitive conference. So they'll make the tournament. They're not... I, I would... You know what? And he can shut me up, and he has to make, in my opinion, he needs to make at worst an elite eight run, at best a fi- at best a championship, but worst elite eight run mm-hmm. for this experiment to work, and for future recruits to be like, well, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, really give Memphis a serious look. Mm-hmm. And you're already looking at the fact that Kentucky still has a chance of landing a top recruit. And if they don't get that guy, then we we've, we we're, we're the number one in line to get a uh, grad senior transfer that is amazing. If we get him, if he decides to come back from going pro, either one of those guys makes us, if not the favorite, the second favorite to win the title next year. And that's not behind Memphis. That's behind Michigan State. And there's another guard. That is a big guy in next year's class is thinking about reclassifying to come join this team. Like, Calvin Perry hasn't lost. Yeah, no, Jaden was the one I was talking about earlier. Uh, We still have Jaden as a possibility, although I don't think Jaden comes to Kentucky. No? Uh, No, I I don't think so. I think he's going to end up. I I think there's too much pressure for him to stay home. In Washington, yeah. Yeah, I, I think if he just picks straight up, he would, but I think there's too much pressure for him to stay home. Um, so, and I, I think Blackshear's not going to go pro though. I think he's going to, I think we're going to end up with him. We have an incredible lineup for next year, especially given the fact that the backcourt's already going to be one of, if not the best in college basketball. Yeah. Ashton Haggins is going to be the, like the best defender, I think in college basketball history. I think so too. Hope. I think we, we see hope. a huge jump from him. <laughs> let's, let's also, let's also think about Emmanuel quickly. Emmanuel quickly is going to. Yeah, I mean it's 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 going to be a pretty unbelievable. And you know we've got this incredible point guard coming in. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's 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 a no brainer that. At yeah, least. no, we are not. So, now, what I will give you, and I, I cannot take credit for this. This has been said on multiple different platforms of you know Kentucky fandom, whether it be KSR or Kentucky Roll Call, other shows. 
what Kentucky is not getting is the superstar cool guy that makes our program the cool program. Mm-hmm. We've been missing on those guys recently. But how badly do we want that guy? Well, that guy's John Wall, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, so pretty bad. Cat. Right. <laughs> Cat. We, I mean, Zion Williamson. Mm-hmm. Right, but I think I think we can still win a championship without that guy. Oh no, 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 no! We can still win a championship without that guy. Yeah. I think as Kentucky fans, yeah, we want to be the as cool... flashly as flashy as we used to be. Yes, we want to be the cool program. But I think I, I think I would I think I would take the depth that this team is developing over one flashy. Right, guy. and I think this is also an example on how Calipari is adjusting. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, we're having. For the second year in a row, since our 38-1 season, the most guys we've, we've had come back. Mm-hmm. And you're adding that with a, a couple guys who even openly say themselves they're not one and done. Yeah, and I, well, I think, I, I, Lucas, I even think I said this on the podcast. I think the one and done trend is, is dying. Oh, it's it's dead. right. Well, I mean, first of all, they're going to be able to go straight pro yeah. soon. Yeah. Right. With, they're going to that... go straight. They're going to be able to go straight pro soon. And I think – but I think uh, – now that people are seeing that, you know, the ratio of guys going to the league that were only played one year in college versus like how successful those guys really are, you know. Yeah, and like there's that, that, some actual national media exposure to the fact that if you look at these playoff teams that are still in it, mm-hmm. they're built mostly of multiple year college guys, not absolutely. one of guys. Absolutely. Um, well, it still hasn't even equaled at, even uh, look at some of the guys who are your so. top players in the league. Yeah, um, but I I don't know. Here's my I'm gonna Lucas. I'm gonna give you this is my hot take, and you can you can put this down. You can put it in stone. I don't care. You make sure you <laughs> make you mark this down. Okay. This is my prediction for Memphis in 2020 uh-huh. in the tournament. They are gonna lock down a three seed after dominating their conference. They're gonna be the one team that loses to a 13 seed in the uh, in the tournament. That's I, my that's I my have bold us, crystal ball prediction. I have us losing to them in the Elite Eight. Of course you do, Lucas. Of course you do. I mean, remember, you know, you talk about all the people. Remember back when we did the like good that, fan, bad fan segment? It didn't make it didn't make a difference. I mean, we still came up short. You can't make tournament runs with just freshmen. Unless you're John Calipari, you can't make tournament runs with just freshmen. You just can't. I know, but that didn't prove out good for us this year. You can't make I'll tournament take runs with just freshmen. I'll take the Elite Eight every single year. I'll take the Elite Eight every single year. Yeah, that's Championship it, yeah. or bust. Okay, and this sums up exactly <laughs> why you're so frustrated with Kentucky basketball. I know. Lucas, you are miserable just, 90% of the basketball. time. Will you just stop watching basketball unless it's the Golden State Warriors? No, because even you'll be the, happy if you do that. I think that's gonna be better for your psyche. <laughs> no, because he'd watch this game right now and be like, Golden State's down ten, they've lost it. Time to trade all of them. Coach can't go. <laughs> no, they've all, they've all passed their prime. No, I have I have faith in the Warriors, but I'm a Miami Heat fan and it's still I'll tell, it doesn't I'll, no, bug I'll me. remind I know why this is I know why this is. This is okay, I'm gonna give you my uh, my psychoanalysis of Lucas Ryman. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Lucas was a fan of the Heat. Look at Heat, right when the Heat won a championship. Ah, huh? And then he got spoiled with the big three very shortly after that. 
Yes, I did. So, but I went through some really hard years there. Where you should, you we won 15 be, games one year. Yeah, you probably stopped watching basketball because of it. No, I I have different <laughs> expectations for different teams. I don't get upset when Miami struggles. <laughs> I <laughs> like Miami. You know, I know will work through and get better. Um, how do you have? How do you have a basketball than Kentucky basketball? What'd you say? You were cut. You cut out. How do you have a fandom? Basketball than Kentucky basketball. How? Just how? I just have a different expectation for them. A blue blood program and a failed experiment with a big three. Like, I. That's the day's NBA. I. Like, during the big three era, I was upset when they lost the two championships because I didn't think that they should. Um, but I have reasonable expectations in the years after, but UK, the promise was when John came was, you know, being there at the end every year. And that hasn't been met. Wait, 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 wait. The promise that was made would be that we would compete every year. Yep. Since he has come to Kentucky, we have made it to more final fours than any other team that's competing. Yeah, but we've got one championship in 10 years. Yeah, we also have eight in a hundred. <laughs> Lucas, we've done we've done he's more on in the a time. better he's on a better roll than our school history. Yeah, Lucas, this this team has done more in Calipari's. Villanova has won time. more than Cal in the has, last ten years. Yeah, Cal, they, Cal they've won, won more titles. And, they've also lost in more early rounds than Kentucky has. Yep. Our thing is, our goal is to compete every year, not compete once every three years. And also, Kentucky has done more in Calipari's time than Ricky Pitino has done, or that not Rick Pitino, <laughs> that Mike Tchesky has done in the past 20 years. Well, Duke has had a tendency to win titles. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> they don't make it to the Final Fours often as we do, but when they do, they win the title usually. But we're talking, we're talking just as many Final Four appearances and just as many Elite Eight appearances. I'll yeah, take that. and I'll we're take also, this comes down to us not winning in 15. Also, yeah. If and we win it. in 15 and had an undefeated 40-0 season. Then I would never have nobody complained Nobody would be criticizing again. this. Yeah. But because we came up short in the year that was, like, supposed to be 100% guaranteed. I've been sour ever since. Well, that's the thing about college basketball. It's not 100% guaranteed. The the best team rarely wins the tournament. This year, we were the best team. Us and Duke were the two best teams in the Elite Eight. And Virginia won. (laughs) Neither one of us made it to the Final Four. And Virginia Virginia was one of the... (laughs) Yeah, Virginia was one of the worst teams in the tournament that had the best draw. Not one of the worst teams in the tournament, but out of the teams that ended up making the four, because this, and they got matched up with the right teams, that's what won them the title. And I feel like that oh, story they, lent itself. Yes, ever. They were, they had miraculous comebacks to win. What three straight yeah. games? They were dead against Purdue. They were so dead against Purdue. Yeah, you need luck to win in the NCAA tournament. 
Well, then UK mm-hmm. is very unlucky to have Coach Cal. Anyways, um, you're wow. You're I'm just you kidding. Have, you have a, You are such a coach. Who would be better? Who would be better right now for Kentucky? Who, who, who would be better? Who would? Uh, the a coach. Yeah, yeah. Just one that you, Kentucky could realistically land right now that would be better than John Calipari. Um, name one. Let me see. Um, Tyron Lou. Um, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> only if he comes with LeBron James, right? Yes. See, I I know what I'm talking about. I don't want uh, LeBron coming to Kentucky and dirt <laughs> it like he did L.A. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you you that guys maybe convince me. Well, I'll have to see what Memphis does. I'm gonna, you know how I'm gonna be all year. So, um, I'm telling you, 13. Seasons. Well, you might want to get that. Plus subscription. That's the only way to watch Memphis. <laughs> That's harsh. Um, That's a solid take. All right. All right. So with all that being said, I think it is definitely the appropriate time to dive into Michael Tuesday trivia brought to you by anchor voice messages. So make sure to use that. It is, that is the official sponsor for this while we have the sponsor. Congratulations, Michael. You have successfully snagged that. Awesome. So what I would like with our sponsorship this week is for as many people as possible to call in and give your reason on why you think Lucas is stupid and bad UK fan. Wow. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I am I I'm sorry, okay? It's only it it's 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 only the Bengals and UK that bring this out of me. I don't know why. No, I mean I get being pessimistic about the Bengals. <laughs> but like Kentucky's best example. <laughs> but it, I think it's it's the, my expectations are admittedly unreasonable, and I still have not been able to by, change by them. that by that standard. Why do the Bengals make you upset? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I, I look like hold on, let's back up for a second. By that standard, why? Bengals make you this upset. The Bengals make me that upset because every year I have hope and then it gets squandered halfway. No, I take that back. It usually gets squandered after game one or two and then I'm just miserable the rest of the year. Um, that's well, it, it reminds me of the way I used to explain Kentucky football games to people 10 years ago. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, so if you take those two interceptions that got returned for touchdowns, that kickoff return, and that punt return, we were only down 14. We were in that game. <laughs> exactly. That is my exact mindset. Spin zone, right? Am I, a spin zone. Spin yeah. zone. Oh, man. All right. Terrific. So, so, fun fact. So, my uh, a trivia question of uh, this beautiful Tuesday is since 2002, UK has only had three top 100 recruits commit. <laughs> One of what them was today. Question. Justin Rogers at number 10, which is the highest. Do you have even a remote guess at the other two? Um, Wait, three top 100s? Yes. Would... And now this is since 2002 when rivals started doing their uh, recruiting. Would, okay. Is Cash Daniels one? No. no. But they are both from Kentucky. Uh, both from Kentucky? Yeah. Mm. Oh, geez. 
Um, Lucas, you go first because I got. I don't know. I'm. Is Benny? Did you say Benny? Yeah. Yeah, Benny wasn't from Kentucky. He wasn't. I don't know. No, I'm sorry. He also wasn't a top 100. Um. So, the um first one I'll give you was in 2016, ranked number 29, still on the team. Landon Young. Landon Young. Really? He didn't really do anything, did he? No, he's good. He's awesome. Was he? Yeah, I get. Uh, Is he? What position um, did he play? He's lineman. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, he's actually part of the reason why UK has actually became respectable in that aspect. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one was in 2006. Mm. And he did not live up to the hype. <laughs> that seems like UK's luck. Um, I have no idea, to be 100% honest. Micah Johnson. Who? Micah Johnson. Oh, good Lord. That name sounds yeah, familiar. That, I remember him because I just remember him because it was like he was ranked 36th. And he was like the b- biggest recruit we had gotten. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, he ended up, he was good, but he was never great. But that also, look at the trend there 2006 36, 2016 29, 2020 number 10. We are trending in the right direction. When are we yeah. going to land number one? Yeah, I mean, if it's not, if you don't have the number one recruiting class and win the college football playoffs every year, Fire Mark Stoops. Fire everyone else. I have a certain level of expectations I expect to be met. The only coach we can ever hire is really got to, it's got to be Nick Saban, huh? No, no. Nick Saban needs to be fired. He lost last year in the championship. <laughs> Worst Devin coach Swinney, then? With all that talent, he wasn't able to win a title. He's garbage. <laughs> Wait, Football um... is a lot different variant uh, of a sport and there's less games and so the sample size can be skewed basketball there's plenty of games there's ways you no not really because there's six games that you have to win <laughs> that's more I than mean, you get in, in reality football. you have to win six straight games to be you know to win that title yeah and that's what happened with alabama alabama was without a doubt the best football team this year oh, and yeah. they lost but, one yeah. game uh, I don't. I can't say without a doubt with how easily Clemson handled them. Yeah, well, except you know, I, I disagree with that because like Clemson's good. Don't get me wrong. I think Clemson made a get better game plan, and I think that's why they won. I think Alabama, top to bottom, was a better football team. Um, yeah, Clemson, yeah. So in that case, two fire quarterbacks that could have won the national championship. Yeah, Clemson also wasn't as beat up because they didn't have as hard of a regular season run because the ACC was down. Mm-hmm. That helped, um, but yeah, no, it. Uh, and also, that, unequivocally, Clemson had the best defensive line in college football. Yeah, I feel like every year Clemson has the best defensive line in college football, and I feel even like with the SEC. It, I, I honestly, I'm gonna have to start listening to the Paul Feinbaum show because I feel like those crazy Alabama fans that call in talking about how Saban's lost it because he's getting out recruited by Clemson now. See, yeah, see, look, they're doing the same thing. <laughs> it's not. Same I thing. would kill for the Alabama football year in and year out results. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. I mean, well, 
But how many national championships have they won in the past 10 years? Nine? <laughs> I mean, a lot. I think See, a lot that's why you don't fire Saban, because he's kept his word on most of his promises. Now, if you flip the table... Saban doesn't promise anything. He just promises that the players won't die in training camp while he runs them to the ground. There's never been any coach in the history of coaches that has promised a championship every year. Mm-hmm. No, I understand that. Nobody came out and promised it, okay? But it it's the expectation that you bring with you with your talent and skill and what you're bringing to already an established college. Nobody expects Saban to win the championship every year. They just expect him to be in it. Yeah. <laughs> Lies. I, I don't expect Alabama to be in it every year. I expect Alabama to compete. I expect them to make the playoff. Now, I would think you would have an argument if Alabama went, you know – four years without making the college playoffs. football playoffs or even the SEC championship game. Right. That's an argument. But that's not happening. Just right. like Kentucky making it to the Elite Eight this year and being <laughs> overtime away from making it to the Final Four, which still wouldn't have been good enough for some people. I won't name them. <laughs> <laughs> Does they rhyme with Pucus Priman? <laughs> <laughs> say my name damn it <laughs> all right i'm Heisenberg. just saying man i'm just like i'm concerned for you if we have anyone <laughs> with a psychology degree that listens to this show please call in and give us your take on what's wrong with lucas i would love to know the diagnosis of his you know mental what issues with not being happy with sports i actually know uh have a good friend or i should say my wife has a good friend who is a psychologist maybe we bring her on the show and uh, that'll, that'll be a show. She is, can uh, explain to us. That'd be great. I uh, would love that. Uh, Lucas gets uh, Psyche Val. Um, yeah, no, no. The, the segment is what's wrong with Lucas. <laughs> and we just have her. We, we, we talk a little bit. We let her. We, we let you explain to her on how John Perry's lost it. And, you know, the results he's had in comparison with every other, you know, coach. And we'll just, you know. See what she says, and now the, I, mean, I, I, I love doing this podcast. I'm really kind of hoping she doesn't put you in an institution, but <laughs> I do have to mention that her fiance though is a avid Duke fan, so I don't know if she's going to listen to my. Kentucky well, she stuff. clearly is unqualified to make good decisions, so we should not bring her on. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, feel like we, I feel like we need to add a new segment to the show called Lucas Are You Okay <laughs> or what's wrong with Lucas today I, I think yeah think that I can always well, I you know what that, yeah let's make that a segment because I can always bring something to the table there guys I, I may not bring it elsewhere but I can give to that as what is what's really grinding my gears I can <laughs> yeah, I, can, I, I oh, like good. the segment idea but I think like Brian and I should give something be like What's our Lucas thought of the day? And it's like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I know it's summer and summer's supposed to be hot, but it's so warm outside that I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I would prefer it to be a lot cooler so I could go outside with like being like sweat weather right now. But unfortunately, I know it's summer, but it's too hot for me. You That's know, my I, Lucas I, take I went I went oh, to get uh, I went to get some cookie dough ice cream and it came with chocolate ice cream and everybody knows that cookie dough is better with vanilla. So it's just ruined my entire week. Yeah, is the fact I, that I ate cookie yeah. dough with, with chocolate. What's better, vanilla. vanilla or chocolate ice cream? Vanilla. I mean, cookie dough. 
cookie dough. I mean, chocolate. You guys are insane. No, I, I would take chocolate over vanilla, but it's okay. Everybody's entitled to their own wrong opinion. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like my take on cow. Anyways. Um, that's a wrong opinion. Let's let's get let, let's Kinda keep what we were saying. Let's keep moving on this show, okay? That that was great Store trivia. One hundred one ninety four Portland. Do you, do you have any more trivia, Michael? Nope, that was the only one I had today. Cool. Uh, it was brilliant. That is, I did. I would. I'm kind of surprised that we've had top one hundred commits before since this was such a big deal, but. Um, the fact that 2016 yeah, I mean, and 2020 that's like you said that's really close yeah it's it's it was 10 years in between our first two <laughs> so at least we've lowered that window a little bit now still think we should fire mark stoops anyways um on t- <laughs> on good lord <laughs> on to good our lord. star uh of the week prediction um, I want to start with Brian on this. Uh, Brian, who is going to be the star of the week this week? Uh, my star is going to be Ruben Foster's ACL. Um, why is because, that a star? Um, because I think Ruben Foster was set up for failure in Washington. And I think Ruben Foster being out for the season is going to create a new star linebacker in Washington, or it's going to, uh, or or it's it, it's going it's going to allow somebody to shine that shouldn't have shined in Washington. Maybe it's um, called karma. I no, no, I'm just kidding. My star of the week is going to be James Holzhauer from Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> is, is he still going he strong? Won, he won. He won today with eighty nine thousand dollars, which is just absurd. Oh my gosh. Um. So I think he's going to win for the rest of the week. Uh, yeah, James Holzhauer is my star of the week. Michael, I'm gonna kind of break the rule a little bit and pick my star of last year. Yeah, if I could do that, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Just because well, I love it, that and a knee? that's uh, <laughs> or was that Lucas? What? Wait, what? Wasn't Luke? Was it your star last week? A knee? Yes. Yeah, it was uh, oh, his no, it left calf. Uh, Kevin Durant's left, left calf. calf. Right. Right. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, no. So, uh, Bodex. Uh, dang it, Express. Michael. That was gonna be my. <laughs> Buffed his rider after you know in the Preakness and then ran two laps. Didn't win. <laughs> but you gotta give it up for a horse that doesn't quit. It doesn't need a jockey. Was worried the jockey was gonna get him disqualified, like what happened in the Derby. Was like I'm going jockeyless. <laughs> Stuffed I, it up. My all-time favorite horse. <laughs> I'm so upset. I literally had that all pulled up on my screen, ready to say it and everything. That is, that was gonna be my star of last week as well. Express. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is amazing. The horse didn't need anybody. He actually passed some of the horses. Like he he was motivated. Here's a here's a, here's a fun. Here's a fun fact about War of Will. The eventual winner of the Preakness was that he was the one that uh, got cut off by um, the original Derby winner. Interesting. When that scrum happened? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. He was the original one that got cut off. War of Will was. So maybe War of Will is the triple crown that wasn't if he goes and wins the Belmont. Well. Interesting. I don't know. Um, fun fact about... Uh, 
Fun fact, if, if James loses on Jeopardy, uh, Tom Brady says he'll eat a strawberry on Instagram Live. What? So. feel like that's reason. Tom Brady on Twitter. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Oh, I feel like amazing. that's reason 4,000 why social media is killing everybody in this country. Because of Tom Brady? No, just because that, like, that's an actual take. Like, I will eat a strawberry. Was it a strawberry? A strawberry. Like, that's only exciting if he's highly allergic to him. Then it's like, wow, what's going to happen? But, like, just eating a strawberry for no reason, like... I think it's Tom Brady. I think it's just because it's Tom Brady. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, my Tom Brady is a weird guy. Now, I'm my... telling you, follow him on Twitter. It's amazing. I feel like my Instagram game could be stronger than that. Your Instagram game could be stronger than that. If you go on IG Live and eat just something slightly more appalling than a strawberry, then <laughs> yeah, it's Any... like I'll just one up you. Like I'm gonna dip my strawberry in chocolate. <laughs> wow, <laughs> this That's what is happening? Take. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna um, g- uh, give my new updated star of the week. Okay, since uh, yes, Michael jacked mine. Um, it, which is okay because. That horse deserved two stars, definitely. Um, two stars. So my uh, star of the week and probably star of the rest of the NBA finals is Irving Magic Johnson's Twitter. Um, <laughs> I am going to read you some uh, his tweet yesterday uh, breaking down what he saw against the Golden State Warriors. Oh, that's fantastic. I love watching Draymond Green because he has all the intangibles, competitiveness, toughness, high basketball IQ, and he's a great leader, defender, and passer. We've seen it all displayed in the series against Portland. By the way, he went to a great college, MSU, laughing crying face emoji, hashtag Spartan Nation. (laughs) I, uh, my, okay. Magic Johnson's Twitter sounds like when you would play like the the old college basketball games from like 2001 <laughs> to 2004. He sounds like a commentator on those he games. He does. <laughs> he regurgitates the same information that everyone else is already saying. Like he 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 was so motivated to get back yeah, to Twitter I, when he's saying I, I feel like nothing. Reading video game commentary. He he he's saying absolutely nothing, and it's it's just priceless. I hope I hope when the NBA season's over, like when the finals are over, I hope he just gives take on his daily life. Like I really love the taste of bananas in my smoothies. <laughs> really <laughs> brings out a unique flavor and thickness not seen in bananas bananaless smoothies. Perhaps and, I should add more ice tomorrow. <laughs> and like, by the hopefully way, hopefully that's I bought the entire world's bananas and strawberries. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to eat them on Instagram live tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and it's circled back around. I, I think Instagram live would be great for us uh, reacting to games. Um, we, I uh-huh. think we need to make it happen. Just one, one guy, a different game or all three. Well, we can add each other to it. Can't we? Yep. Yep. We can add each other. Oh, wow. Okay. But during Kentucky before? basketball season, just gonna be us talking <laughs> off of a bridge. I I'm just in the corner banging my head against the wall. Just, <laughs> I I go I go into emo Lucas. Um I 
all of a sudden put on a dark hoodie. I have eyeliner. My hair grows about five inches. It covers my head. And I just sit there in a depressed uh, state. And I do we not need to move. make we need to make a, a an Instagram page for the hole in Lucas's wall when he gets mad after Kentucky gets down by one point. No, no, <laughs> one point really. No, 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 no. I I do not punch a wall. I know uh, that is. I, we didn't say you punched it. You probably headbutted it. Oh well, no. Um, I have plaster walls. They dent. Um, so. Oh right. I it, it's more um profanity ridden and um eventually having to change the channel change the channel for a few minutes so i can regain my sanity and then come back uh but then usually i come back and it's even worse than i left it so then i become even more frustrated and uh start texting y'all and uh then i'm usually left on red because nobody wants to talk to pessimistic lucas all right lucas yeah Yeah, this was my first um NCAA tournament uh, <laughs> with my wife where I actually felt like we had a chance to win. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, we ordered cause you know, I've got a baby coming in September. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, have already been ordering stuff like UK pacifiers and stuff like that. And when those came in the mail, I was like, Hey, look what we got. And she was like, Oh, okay, great. And, uh, I was like, you know, Hey, uh, we can make a joke that, uh, next time the boys whine about something, here we got a pacifier for you, and she was like, "Shame you didn't get those before the tournament started." Oh. <laughs> I was like, huh, "Well played, <laughs> man! That was cold. That's good." Yeah, no, it was fantastic. Hey, it's moments like that that I know I married the right woman. It's funny because like, I don't like I get I get upset and disappointed, but like, it's usually like one time, like maybe per game that like doesn't go our way. And then, like, Alexis just goes, Brian. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right. I'm not Lucas. Wow. <laughs> wow. See, Ashley. Right, like, she brings it back down to earth. Ashley will, like, yell at the TV and stuff with me, but then she'll notice my change. And then that's when she usually falls silent. And uh, just I then I just lose my mind and I have to vent somewhere. Lucas, that makes you sound like the Incredible Hulk after Bruce Banner gets too mad. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, I have season tickets to UK football. And I almost never sit in my seat because of where it is. There's like a large staircase. So I'm usually there pacing back and <laughs> forth the entire game. If it's close, you should honestly, you guys should see my brother during the game. I, I need to take videos of my brother when he watches the game. He, if, if the game is close, my brother's standing and it's without a doubt, he's standing and just in the same position. And then one bad thing happens, and like Lucas, you know my brother. He's, yeah. My brother's very calm. Yes, very laid back person. Until Kentucky basketball loses, <laughs> and then for a split second, he just sees red. <laughs> and then once that split second is over, he's back to sitting down, and just and then he moved on. He moves on faster than anybody I've ever seen. When it comes I, to I at like least that. need a week and a half to recuperate. A week and a half. <laughs> I mean, you make it sound like a bad trip at Coachella. It it is. I mean, y'all have seen it with my texting and stuff. Like, I I felt very bad because Michael finally got to see what it's like to be you, Brian. I mean, you're usually the only person that I just throw all my steam at, and Michael got to witness thanks to our group chat. And 
Uh, I've been dealing with it for a very long time, Mike. Just the way you you both would ignore me, just like kind of calm me down a bit because I'm like, yeah, I'm not I'm not getting a response, so they're they're already maybe they don't want to be my friends anymore. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I, I actually got self conscious this year. You guys helped me tame it back just a little bit because I became self conscious that I was going to upset y'all with how much I was spamming the chat so I was like maybe I like they would turn the ball over and I grab my phone and I start typing uh, you know can't believe Haggins they need uh delete 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 don't, see, don't see, <laughs> Michael he thought about this after you came along so he very much considers your feelings far above mine <laughs> yeah Brian's just there to take better. It. I'm just better at not holding back and telling him that it's dumb he no, doesn't care you, no yeah you both at, no, I, how no, many times okay. I think it's dumb Trust me. You should hear some of the things that I sent, Lucas. <laughs> I came up with an entire segment on the show based around Lucas's indiscretions as a fan. Oh, nice. We, so, we've, we've gotten into actual fights over my sourness. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, and, it's been bad. <laughs> yes. So We should uh, wrap up this podcast, though, so I can watch Golden State come back and win. I agree. I'm actually uh, watching it on my phone. So... Um, that was a polite way of Michael saying shut up and end the show. Um, so <laughs> hope everyone enjoyed today's show. Uh, make sure to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Leave us a review. I'm going to tweet out that link again. I appreciate y'all who uh, gave us reviews. I think we got like uh, an additional 13 reviews just from last nice. week alone. Um, so please continue to do that. Uh, nobody said who was their favorite host. Um, and that kind of disappoints me because Just we all, to say it's me. we all know it's going to be Michael. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I was debating I mean, in my head. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure neither of my parents have left reviews yet. So I could probably make that happen. There you go. <laughs> that <laughs> they're not biased at all. Um, no, not at all. All right. So stays up by the way. Good, good job. Uh, this is where live reaction would be great. Um, so everyone, enjoy your Tuesday. Uh, have a great uh, holiday weekend, and we will back to talk to y'all on Tuesday. See ya. <laughs>